Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. We normally start this programme with sort of a smile or a cynical story in the newspapers. We don't do it this morning. There is nothing that I could say that would change anything. There is nothing. All you can do is express immense sorrow and sympathy to those people who went out last night just to enjoy themselves at a concert. Many of them young people, many of them children, uh, many of them sitting in a hotel at the moment trying to be relocated with their parents. The emergency services in Manchester stretched to capacity and people being woken up and told of this dreadful atrocity. We don't know anything about it. They're saying it's a terror attack, because that's what it has to be, because it put fear into the hearts of those people who were fleeing the arena. But at the end of the day, we don't know if this was a suicide bomber. We don't know if this person was acting alone. We don't know if this is the start of a concerted campaign. We know nothing, and all we can do is report the facts that we have so far. But from just after 10.30 last night, Manchester's world fell apart. Quick, Corey. Which way? Come on. Corey needs to get round. Corey, get round this way. Come on. It's just truly dreadful to listen back to things like that because you can hear the panic in somebody's voice. And, you know, we've all witnessed over the years atrocities which take place around the world. When it's on your own doorstep, it kind of means a hell of a lot more to you, doesn't it? Because there are 19 people, 19 families who this morning and uh, probably for the last few hours have been coming to terms with the fact that it was one of their loved ones who isn't coming back. 59 people injured. That's why they were thinking maybe this was a a nail bomb. We've seen that in London before, and we've seen the damage that these things can do. These people are sick. We know that. We know that they're sick. You know, nobody's claimed responsibility. Nobody said anything. We don't know if the person placed a rucksack uh, in the foyer. We don't know anything. That's how bad it is. And we don't know anything about any of the victims. We just know that many of them will be young people, as I say, just going out to have a nice time on the town. And this day they will remember for a long time. We sit here in London going, thank God. But at the same time, there are pop concerts taking place. I don't think this was anything to do with Ariana Grande, who's had to to tweet, you know, broken. She says, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so, so sorry, I don't have words. And people have said, listen, it's nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. It could have been anybody appearing there. And that's why I asked the question, which I ask every single time. Obviously, somebody couldn't get into the hall because they would have been checked by security. I'm assuming that's where the checking comes in, as indeed when I go to anything in London. I get checked by security. I've got a bag with me. They open up the bag. If I'm flying, they check the bag. They do all things like that. But this was somebody able to get into the foyer as people were leaving the concert, because they know that what happens is, when a concert nearly finishes, people who've got trains or buses or got to get up for work, they leave early. It happens in the theatre. You go to the theatre in London. Nobody sits till uh, till the bitter end. You're up. The moment the curtains come down, it might go up again, they might do another song. It doesn't matter. You're out, because you're going, we've got 15 minutes to go and get a bus, and that's what people did. Luckily, a lot of people went out the side doors. There are side doors in the arena. But uh, a lot of people, and it's the same footage that they keep showing on the television. In fact, it's almost like on a loop at the moment with people inside the arena and then people running through the foyer to try and get out. Because you don't know if there's one explosion, 
there might be another explosion. That's what you don't know. You know, our, our hands are tied on this. And we really, we really don't know anything at all. We sit here and we try and unravel what it is, why somebody would do that, why somebody would want to target, you know, predominantly young people, why they're, why they're so hell-bent on taking people's lives. What's, I don't understand what the purpose is. But there again, there are stranger things in heaven and earth. So what we'll do between now and seven this morning is we'll, we'll go back, for those people who've just woken up, and there will be lots and lots of people who are just waking up now, going, we've heard about it, but we don't know exactly what went on. Well, we'll unravel it Together, and uh, we'll take your texts and emails, 84850, steve at uk, And we'll go back to when Ian Collins was on and some of the people uh, who were talking to him. Plus, we've got our reporters at the scene. We think we've got a handful of reporters out there. So people are being uh, woken up and uh, getting out and getting into position. There is a, a cordon that has gone around <coughs> Excuse me, the building. Plus, they've said in Manchester, and I know it seems a stupid thing to say, but they've said, can you please not call the emergency services? Unless it's absolutely life or death, do not call the emergency services. They are stretched to capacity at the moment. The police are stretched to capacity. You know, they've got you know, enough to do on a normal night in Manchester, without a disaster like this. The hotels, the hospitals, they're all working so hard. People have offered rooms, taxi drivers are offering people free lifts home. It's amazing how we pull together. It doesn't make it any easier, believe you me. I take no pleasure in sitting here this morning telling you that 19 people are dead because a friend of mine works in Manchester. In fact, I know a few people who work in Manchester and they had tickets to go and see Ariana Grande and they didn't go. They decided not to go. But he had been three times in the last three weeks to the arena up there. I mean, that is an act of God. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine of how I would have coped with something like that. Because then it puts me into the frame. Then it puts me into that position of having to come to terms with the fact that somebody I know, you know, could have died there. But thank God he never went. But uh, it's, it's something we... You know, we really don't take any pleasure in doing. As I say, all I'll do is talk to the reporters up there. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, one of our reporters in about ten minutes' time. That's Sarah Bellew up there. She'll be joining us from the cordon. And we'll find out what it... Because we just don't know. And I sit here with my hands tied. I sit here feeling like I'm floundering because we don't know. You know, I don't know whether or not another bomb might go off somewhere else. We don't know if it's a nail bomb. We don't know exactly what it is. And that's why we have to unravel it, and hopefully the police will have to unravel it. They're stretched to capacity. You know, everybody works overtime. It's amazing how we all come together, but it doesn't solve the problem, does it, that 19 people aren't coming back. And that's, you know, what I find the most heartbreaking. Because how do you explain to somebody? How do you explain to somebody that, you know, their, their loved one, their child, their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, their uncle, their aunt, their relation, their best friend, uh, was caught up in this? Uh, when I first heard the news, I thought it'll be in double figures very shortly. And uh, lo and behold, it is. 19, they've said at the moment. Uh, we don't know if it's going to go higher. There's about 59 people who were caught up in it and who are in hospital at the moment. We pray that they all make it through the other side. But 19 people did not make it through the other side. And uh, we'll hear from the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester. We'll give you some phone numbers. You need to get a pen and a piece of paper. You might have friends who were going to the concert last night. And, um, and you might be wondering whether or not they're, they're OK or whether or not they're safe. They're trying to... You can imagine, can't you? You're filtering through thousands and thousands of people. You're filtering through thousands and thousands of names that you've got to start checking out and finding out if they were there with somebody else. There's all these children at the moment 
who are in hotels up in Manchester. They're sort of desperately trying to be reunited with their parents, but they don't know if their parents went to the concert, if they've made it. And they obviously have to shield people. They've got to bring in trained people who can deal with grief. It's just enormous. It's just enormous. And you might sort of say to yourself, well, it could happen anywhere. And you're absolutely right. It could happen anywhere. It could happen here in London. It could happen in Birmingham. happen in Glasgow, Edinburgh, Newcastle. You go around the country. There's, uh, there's people who are more than happy to perpetrate crimes like this because they have such a low opinion of themselves. They have no... You know, no faith in anything that they do. They're people who are very insecure. They harbour awful thoughts against other people. How you could ever want to kill a child? I've got no idea. I can't imagine why somebody would ever want to to set off a, a bomb, nail or otherwise. But there again, I'm not somebody who thinks like that. I just am the person at the end of the day who has to sit there on a radio station in the middle of London explaining to people who can't get... Uh, their heads around it, like when we had the attack in Westminster. You know, tourists got caught up in it. You have to try and explain to them, I'm terribly sorry, but, you know, somebody's gone completely berserk and the end result is that somebody's dead. In fact, a few people are dead. And that's what we'll we'll do between now and seven this morning. You'll hear from the experts, you'll hear from the people on the scene, you'll hear from the people who've been called out, the people who are probably at their wits' end trying to deal with it. The ambulance service who are literally working their socks off to get people backwards and forwards. You know, if it was a nail bomb, then the carnage that a nail bomb can inflict on people is absolutely immense. It just seems so simple to pack something with nails, but they shoot off in all directions. And we saw it at the Admiral Duncan in, uh, in Old Compton Street a few years back. And that, again, was terrible. I mean, there are, we have to accept and we have done for many years now, evil people in the world. Evil people who will behead people, who think nothing of uh, of killing people, men, women, children. Why would they care about 19 people? They were probably hoping. Had they got inside the arena, that it would have been more. But there again, you work on the assumption that quite clearly, and I'm hoping that the security for getting inside these arenas now, and we say the same thing every time, don't we? To the point of boredom. You know, they say, we must be vigilant. But we're not. We're not. We let our guard down. Because once something's happened, we go, oh, that'll be all right. That'll be fine, won't it? It won't happen again. And so we don't worry about it. I can remember driving through London years and years ago, as many of you did, when we had the uh, the IRA bombs which were going off and they took away all the waste paper baskets. When you went into the City of London, there were police officers there with a mirror under your car to make sure that there was nothing attached to it. You know, that's what we did. And then after a while, all the, the checkpoints just sort of stopped being manned. Because the police officers have got loads of other things to do. And we just have to say what will be will be. The end result being this explosion, which they're now putting down as a terror explosion. But whether it was one person, two people, whether somebody walked in and just placed a bag on the ground or put it into a waste paper basket and then left, we don't know. That we will probably know when we see some more CCTV footage. Because the CCTV footage and the uh, the stuff that they're saying at the moment is all they've got is indeed all we've got. If I've seen it once, I've seen it 40 times. So there must be other things. There must be things which they're probably holding back that they're not showing you uh, of an explosion taking place. Because the people running out of the building appear to be OK. They obviously heard the explosion. You've heard people talking about the shot of what it sounded like. And and then people just want to get out because you don't know what's around the corner. And up there in Manchester, uh, a lot of people are waking up to a, a very, very sad morning. But at least they know that they've got, you know, the eyes and the ears and the sympathy of the entire country and around the world. Because unless you've been uh, in on something like this at the scene, you have no idea 
what the carnage is when you're confronted by that many bodies and you're confronted by all the other problems they've got. So we will be uh, following that up in a moment. We'll have a chat to our reporter, Sarah Bellew, and uh, we'll take your texts and emails. I don't know what we can do. I Seriously, I sit here going, what? What do we do? What can I possibly do that could stop this happening again? And the answer is nothing. I've said it time and time before. We can't do anything about it. We just have to be vigilant. But somewhere, somebody will... This place must be littered with CCTV. They must have so, so much CCTV. I don't know what the, uh, what the foyer looks like, because I'm only seeing the same piece of footage time and time again. So uh, we'll take a short break. Not a happy morning. Not a happy morning at all. But I hope you bear with us on LBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. There's no bouncy, bouncy this morning. Uh, I'm afraid all the bounce has been taken out of me. Every time something happens, every time there's a disaster, every time there is an atrocity, and it doesn't matter where it is in the world, it's even worse when it's on your own doorstep. It just takes a little bit more out of you. I remember saying years ago when I was newsreading, when I first started at LBC, you would read a story about people dying and you would just read a number out. You know, a plane has crashed, 240 people. You don't know these people. You don't know who they are, so it makes you very detached from it. When it's closer to home, you know, and it's people, children who were targeted here, these would be young people. All right, their mums and dads might have gone with them and sisters and things like that, but it's mainly, it's a young people's thing. Because if you ask a lot of people, nobody will know who Aria Grandi is. I mean, a friend of mine went to see her the other day and he thought he was too old to go to the concert, but he saw her, I think, in, in Birmingham. Jim says it puts all our lives into perspective. Edinburgh's with Manchester. That's what I like to hear. I think, you know, it's like, you know, the people of Edinburgh side with the people of Manchester because it could be anybody next. It could be. LBC's reporter Sarah Bellew is at the police cordon in Manchester and joins us now at 19 minutes past four. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Well, Sad I'm day. In exchange, it's an awful day here in Manchester. I'm um, at the moment, uh, if you know Manchester, mm. in Exchange Square, which is about 100 metres from the entrance of Victoria Station, which leads into Manchester Arena, where, of course, just after 10.30 last night, in the foyer of the arena, that explosion rang out. Uh, it happened just as the lights went up on the Ariana Grande gig. Um, thankfully, it, 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 the, uh, the gig was running a little bit late. Um, it seems that explosion was timed for people leaving that gig. Um, as we know, of course, 19 people have died and, and 50 others are injured. Inside, as you mentioned, it were young children. There were girls with their, with their mums and their parents, um, girls enjoying a night out with, their, with friends. Um, I have um, bumped into a couple of, of young girls walking around the streets this morning that were there last night. They were stood in a doorway. Their faces were totally ashen. They were struggling to comprehend the enormity of the horror that they'd witnessed. Um, they said they saw young girls on the floor. Uh, they saw people covered in blood. Um, they just said the panic that ensued when that blast went off was unbelievable. Um, and I asked whether they knew what had happened, and they said the smell... Um, it wasn't an, a piece of equipment exploding, as, as, as was uh, a thought when, when, when we first had this news. They said they knew what had happened, and there was just complete and utter panic. 
Can I ask you a few questions, which down here in London mm. I don't know the answer to. I've got friends of mine who yeah. work in, in Manchester. In the arena there, and I'm led to believe it's, it, it holds thousands of people, thousands of people. It does, yes. And so about 21,000 people. Is the security as you're going into the arena, or is the security in the foyer? There is security in the foyer. So if you go in from the Victoria Station entrance, you will go up a flight of stairs and then there is um, a, a sort of semicircular barrier of doors and you will go through security on the entrance to that. Um, and then, and then you enter the arena, and obviously from there, there on in. Uh, but as you go in, you go down flights of stairs into the arena, onto the arena floor. So if you're obviously on that arena floor, you have to then walk up the stairs onto the sort of concourse level, and then downstairs, if you see what I mean, to, to get out onto the street level again. Right. So in other words, if somebody was taking in. Uh, a bomb, a nail bomb or something like mm. that, it would be very unlikely for them to get into the arena, but they can get to the foyer. They can get to the foyer, that's right. So at the moment, we don't know if this is a single person, we don't know if it was a, a suicide bomber, uh, we don't know if somebody just walked in, put a parcel down and walked out again with a timer. We, we don't know any of these things, do we? We don't know, and obviously this morning, uh, as the sun rises here, there is a huge investigation going on. The cordon stretches for a, around three miles from the arena. Um, I'm told police are searching buildings, they're searching hotels room by room, just making sure uh, there are no other devices, of course. Um, there's obviously uh, a great level of tension uh, in the city centre this morning, um, as, you, as you can quite imagine. I'm assuming that the venue has CCTV all over the place, which I'm assuming the security services will be examining today. Of course they will be, yes. Um, obviously this investigation is, is going to stretch well into day uh, and well into the weeks beyond this. Um, at the moment, of course, we're just trying to piece together what's happened. Um, there are still victims that were caught up last night in hotels within the cordon, um, trying to get, obviously, in touch with family and I have seen, as I've been here, just occasionally there will be people that will be uh, escorted by um, members of the police outside the cordon. I've seen a mother and um, a, a fairly young daughter wrapped in foil blankets, the sort you see um, at the end of a marathon. Um, I did ask them whether they wanted to speak, but they told me quite simply they, they just couldn't talk about uh, the events of last night. I'm assuming that the security services in Manchester must be stretched to capacity now. I imagine they will be. Of course, this isn't the, the first time Manchester has been attacked. Um, and, and we have seen um, terror drills recently taking place. You might remember there was one uh, fairly recently at, at the Trafford Centre. So, of course, it is something that the uh, police and the security services here have been preparing for, given the level of threat in the country at the moment. The trouble is with, it, with anything like this, whenever it occurs, when it's on your own doorstep, it tends to be even worse. The impact has, uh, has a greater effect on your life. There is nothing that we obviously could have done to have stopped this taking place. Of course not, no. Um, but uh, as I just said, the, uh, the police and the, uh, the counter-terrorism unit um, in the northwest have been preparing for an attack. Obviously, 
the, the level and the type of attack could never be predicted. Um, but of course, out of the horror of these situations, we do, we do see acts of kindness, don't we? Um, and at the moment, um, trending on Twitter is hashtag room for Manchester. People have been opening their doors here uh, for people that have been left stranded and, and, and unable to reach um, family members tonight. I know that, uh, that after the, uh, the explosion last night, taxis we're offering free rides to uh, to people to get home. And actually, I, I bumped into three quite young people walking around the streets in the early hours of this morning, and, and they said they just felt compelled to come out and just see if they could find anybody that was caught up. They said, I didn't want anybody to be on their own after such a horrendous incident. Oh, it's awful. So where do we go from here? Presumably... We pray to God that the uh, the death toll uh, does not rise higher. It's 19 at the moment, isn't it? It's 19, and we know around 59 um, are injured. They've been taken to five hospitals around Manchester. And, of course, um, you know, out of those 19 people, many of them are, are young girls, young teenagers. Mm. It's, it's a dreadful situation, a dreadful situation. Uh, maybe we'll catch up with you a bit later on, Sarah. Yes, gladly. Thank you very much indeed. LBC's reporter up there in Manchester at the police court and Sarah Bellew. I mean, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do anymore. I kind of don't. You sort of, you know, you read about these things and, you know, you t the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is turn on the telly, go to my emails, just check what's been going on. And this came up and I thought, well, that's changed it for today. That's changed the, you know, that moves the goalpost, doesn't it? The Prime Minister, I know, will be chairing a meeting of the government's emergency COBRA committee later on. But, you know, I have to ask the question, dumb though it might seem, what does that solve? What do we do about it? Nothing. I don't know. How reliable is the producer, I think, to myself this morning when we got, you know, so many bits and pieces, so many, you know, people to coordinate and, and to sort of bring together. And, and we're trying to sort of bring it to you with all the gravitas we can think of because, you know, so far, I don't think I know anybody who is caught up in it but I you know it could it could have been one of those things my friend could have been at that concert last night could have been one of those people who would have left early for the simple reason that he was working on the uh, the radio so uh, maybe we'll catch up with him a little bit later on because it's it's a big venue to go to in Manchester it's huge I mean there were thousands and how many would you say 21,000 people in that bigger than the O2 can you imagine if if that explosion had happened inside I wouldn't even like to have imagined how terrible it could have been. Let's hear the words, though, of Ian Hopkins, who's the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester Police. He spoke to the press about an hour and a half ago. At around 10.33pm, we received reports of an explosion at Manchester Arena in the city centre. This was at the conclusion of the Ariana Grande concert. Currently, we have 19 people confirmed to have lost their lives in the explosion and around 50 casualties that are being treated at six hospitals across Greater Manchester. My thoughts are very much with those that have been injured and lost their lives and their loved ones at this terrible time. We are doing all that we can to support them. Officers from Greater Manchester Police and Emergency Services are working at the scene and are supporting those affected. We are coordinating the operation here at Greater Manchester Police Headquarters. An emergency number is available for all those concerned about their loved ones or anyone who may have been in the area. The number is 0161 856 9400. We are currently treating this as a terrorist incident until we have further information. We are working closely 
with national counter-terrorism policing network and UK intelligence partners. This is clearly a very concerning time for everyone. We're doing all that we can, working with local and national agencies to support those affected as we gather information about what happened last night. As you will understand, we are still receiving information and updates, so we'll provide further detail when we have a clearer picture. I want to thank people for their support and would ask them to remain vigilant and if they have any concerns at all, to report them to the National Anti-Terrorist Hotline. The number is 0800 789 321. It is important also that people here in Manchester avoid the area around Manchester Arena so that emergency services can continue to effectively deal with the incident at that location. Thank you very much. Ian Hopkins, Chief Constable of Greater Manchester Police, speaking to the press about an hour and a half ago. And that number again, I'll, I'll give it out on a regular basis on the programme if you're just waking up and you're tuning into LBC. Uh, if you're concerned about anyone who may have been in the area, it's 0161 0161 You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I wish I could sound, you know, more positive about things, but I just, it, just, it just gets you as depressing. But the amount of people who've written to me this morning saying, you know, we're, we're thinking of Manchester, we're behind. We've had it from uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow and uh, Berwick-on-Tweed and uh, Newcastle and, uh, and as far away as Ireland. People saying our thoughts are with them. And one lady, Joanna, says, thinking of all those affected, a small gesture would be to donate blood. Um, yes, they haven't asked for blood yet. I don't think we're at critical level of the uh, of the of the blood stocks. But you're quite right. It's it's something that we should do. The trouble is, come on, we pull together, don't we? We we we've been through wars. We've we've emerged the other side. We can do it. It becomes a little bit more difficult and a little bit more testing and a little bit more, you know. I don't know. Sad, I think, for a lot of people who this morning their lives will never be the same again. Never be the same again. Uh, somebody says it's time for the gloves to come off when dealing with these terrorists. If only we knew who they were. If only we knew. You know, but so many of the, 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 these people, they've got some sickness. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. They don't know what they're doing. It's like, the, you know, the crucifixion. You know, Lord forgive them for they know not what they do. It's like these people. You know, and uh, somebody says, Matt, you know, they should be captured and in prison for the rest of their lives. I don't want to keep them. I really don't. It might sound probably a little bit harsh, actually, if you sort of think. But I didn't want to keep Ian Brady alive either, but that was just me. That was just me. Somebody says that, you know, torturing the terrorists to death. Well, we can't really do that, can we? Because we're civilised. We are, we are civilised people. You know, we, we don't do things like that. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, uh, re Manchester. Steve, my deep condolences to all those people affected. Why do people do stuff like this? It's young children that are most affected. Nicholas says, there are no words. I've got a 15-year-old daughter. It could have been us. It could. And uh, Cy in witness says, what do you say about the attack? Horrifying and anger-inducing. I don't have anger. I really don't have anger. I know that seems a bit bizarre. I just have sympathy. I couldn't care less about the people who perpetrated the crime, much as I'd like to see them suffer. Um, I feel for the people who... Uh, are, are definitely still alive and also for the families of those people who may have lost people. 
Uh, Ian says, great to have LBC's coverage. Just woke up in Kent, Steve. These are all our friends. It affects us all. It does. Because you think to yourself, and I don't care who you are, if you listen to LBC for any length of time, you'll know that we're just one big potpourri, aren't we? We all work together. We all pull together. Let's hear from Casey, who called Ian Collins late last night. They said it's finished. You'd gone off stage. People were starting to leave, yeah. So what happened? What did, what did you hear? What did you see? Um, so, basically, a few blocks away from us in the corner, we just heard this huge bang and we thought maybe someone had dropped something. Or like, There were loads of balloons as well, so we thought oh, maybe a balloon popped. Uh, but it was a bit loud, like, for a balloon. So, basically, everyone in that area sort of screwed, like, started screaming and running. Um, to, like, towards the stage, like, away from that corner. Mm. Uh, and, like, they, like, even everyone on the floor started running. Like, it was just so weird. And we all started panicking and running as well, even though we were a few blocks away. And people were like, oh, it's fine, don't panic. And we were like, no, that's serious. Like, everyone was screaming. Um, I, I, know it's, I know it's hard, Casey, to, to sort of define a bang. You know, we all walk, walk past building sites where there's a loud noise. We hear cars backfire. Yeah. What Was this distinctly something, or did it sound to you distinctly something more than just a piece of equipment or a door, a large theatre door banging loudly? It was something, it, it seemed like something more, did it? It did. It didn't sound as, it didn't sound loud enough to be like a bomb. Like, we didn't think, oh, it was a bomb. Like, it, it just wasn't loud enough. Uh, I mean, it pretty much shook the whole arena. So you physically felt it as well as heard it? First thought, honestly, was, yeah, someone stopped something. And then we, when people started screaming, it was like, that could have easily been something a lot worse. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty loud. I'm, I'm looking at some of the images. Obviously, you know, some people with the world we live in, people have a camera phone, they take pictures, they yeah. tweet it. It's yeah. around the world within half a second. I'm looking at some of that imagery now. It looks, I know what you're saying, but some people are clearly running away from certain areas, but it does look, still looks reasonably orderly the way people left. Would that be about right? Well, I mean, us personally, we got out there as fast as we could, and a lot of the people around us did as well. But the thing is, as well, on the way out, we literally ran through blood, and that's what scared us even more. We saw blood on the floor. There was a trail of blood. There were drops everywhere. I've seen pictures as well from quite like an area that we didn't go past. But on the in the actual exit to the arena, there was a trail of blood on the floor. Um, I mean, leaving the arena, though, people are on the phone to their families crying their eyes out. I mean, there were little kids there. This is Ariana Grande we went to see. Like, yeah, there were children t- teen there sort of audience. Yeah, of course. That's exactly, ter- yeah. It's, t- it's terrifying it's- in that respect. When you say you saw blood, I mean, I don't want to speculate, to put words in your mouth, anything, Casey, but is it possible that that was somehow unconnected to what you heard and perhaps somebody had fallen over or whatever on the way of trying to get out? I mean, potentially, yeah, that, that could be right. It just seemed like it seemed a bit... It just sort of increased the worry that we're all feeling. That we're all stressed out. We're all like panicking. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you, as you're trying to get out, you see a pool oh of blood. God. You exactly, see a pool yeah. of blood. How, how, in terms of the emergency services, I assume you came out and you were met by a sort of sea of blue flashing lights. Yeah, they were there straight away, literally straight away. Yeah. Thank God for the services, eh? Thank God. That was Casey who called Ian Collins. Uh, late last night. Mike in Manchester says the security at the arena is checked before you get into the building. Once you're checked, you get onto the concourse where you buy your food and your merchandise. Once you come off the huge circular concourse, you get into the arena. The security is very good. CCTV's everywhere, outside, on the concourse and in the arena. I know this because I used to work there. Security staff are very strict and well-trained. My two brothers and many friends work there. One of my brothers was working last night and was caught up in it all. Thank God he's okay. 
I, I, that will be the one thing that the police have not released. That's why the only footage that you'll see on the uh, the news stations is the same bit of footage. As I say, I've watched it 50 times now. And uh, the same bit of footage outside. I'm assuming that the police and the security services will be checking the CCTV because they'll know where the explosion took place because there must have been people around there. There must be security in the front of the foyer. And so somebody's obviously walked in with something. Uh, we haven't heard from anybody that it was a suicide bomber. So, because otherwise they would have said it was a suicide bomber and they generally say something. Uh, but in this particular case, they're not saying that. They're just saying they're putting it down as uh, an act of terror. So I'm assuming somebody walked in there, either left a bag down and went somewhere or put it in the... T- I don't know. I don't know what the, the layout of the foyer is. I'm looking. I can see the stairs going up there, but you're getting thousands and thousands of people up there and down the other side and people leave early. And you're emptying out 20-odd thousand people. That's a lot of people. I mean, I think that they were hoping there'd be more people in the foyer. Because once people start coming out, it would be so easy just to walk into there, put a bag down on the ground and just move away from it, wouldn't it? It would not be not be beyond the bounds of, of possibility for something like that to happen. Now, whether or not that's been caught on CCTV, we don't know. We've seen it before when we've had other people who've set off these bombs and they've put them in bins and things like that. So as people start streaming out almost like sort of the advance guard of the 20-odd thousand people who are inside the arena, it would be easy for somebody to just slip inside the door because there's loads of people around there. Nobody's going to be thinking about anything. It's, an, it's a concert. It's a concert. You know, we just don't think about it at an event or, or at a police station or anything like that. Maybe you could think about it, but not at a concert in Manchester, you know, on a sort of uh, a school night during the week, which is what it is. I mean, it was sort of Monday night. And uh, the papers this morning are all full of not that. The second editions will have that on the front pages. But I've got the early editions and there is nothing on the earlier editions. Absolutely nothing at all. A lot of people talking about, you know, what we can do to stop um, something like this happening. And as I've said before, and as as uh, crass as it might seem, there is nothing you can do about it. Otherwise, we'd have prevented this. We've got great security services. They do track certain people. But this could be somebody operating alone. We have no idea. Nobody's claimed responsibility for it, so we we don't know. Steve, I've put uh, money in an envelope to post to Streetcars, the taxi company, who are giving free rides. They were interviewed by Darren Adam earlier. Yes, we're all connected. Yes, we pull together in the face of such barbarism. Wish I could do more. It's, it's awful, isn't it? I don't know what you can do. But we, we do come together as a country. I don't, I don't care what it is. The bigger the tragedy, the more we actually come together and the more we help each other. So, you know, we had taxi drivers when we had the Westminster atrocity driving people away from the scene. And that's what people do, isn't it? We do something like that because you think there, but for the grace of God, go I. I told you, a friend of mine, the, uh, the place he actually works at, they had tickets for Ariana Grande last night. He said, I didn't go. And you think, phew, thank God for that. Steve, I gave my 15-year-old granddaughter tickets for the Ariana Grande concert this Thursday at the O2. Uh, on Thursday for Christmas, her and her mum were going. I haven't spoken to my daughter yet, but uh, I don't want them to go. My emotions uh, uh, are up, really, I think, at the, uh, at the moment. Maybe other grandmothers like me that gave their granddaughters tickets as Christmas presents. What sort of world are we living in, says Jan? Well, we're living in a world where we have to be vigilant. We're living in a world where people commit atrocities. We're living in a world where people don't care about other people. And that's that's the simple truth of it. They couldn't really give a stuff about whether they kill children, whether they kill whoever it is. It doesn't doesn't matter to them. 
They're just making a statement. They, they will look on this, or he will look on this, or she will look on this as some sort of trophy that they've managed to kill people. They've managed to instil fear into people. Not me. Not me. I'm, I'm standing up to it, and I'm going, you know, you can do one. I really couldn't care less. I'm really, you're not going to put me off coming into work in London. You're not going to put me off. People will, will be out in Manchester later on this morning. They'll be going about their business. We're not, we're not going to be put off by something like this, no matter how dreadful the tragedy is. And as I say, had this concert not been overrunning, it could have been a whole lot worse. Could have been a timer. We don't know. They will find things. The front page of the Mirror this morning, uh, their headline is 19 dead in pop concert suicide bomb, 50 more injured. So they were right on the 19. It's 59 people who are injured. Uh, we don't know how, how badly. And it's just a case of the Manchester police uh, pulling together the ambulance services, the, uh, the terrorism branch of the police. They're all there. They're all doing their bits. All we've got to do and make sure is that we heed the advice, which is do not go down to the area. There's nothing to see. There's nothing that you can uh, do that can change anything. I think there's like a three mile exclusion zone around it. That's uh, that's a big exclusion zone because they want to make sure they can track somebody. Presumably once they found the person who they think has has uh, committed this, they'll be able to track them throughout all the CCTV cameras like London. From the moment you come in on the motorway, in fact, for even further back than the motorway, you can follow somebody through London. There's something like 300 cameras that can follow you from the moment you come into London to wherever you reach your destination. We, we can see you. And we can see everything. Literally, we can read car number plates. You can see anything at all. We don't know if this person arrived on a bus. By the end of today, they'll have a name, I bet you. They work that well. We are that good. But the one thing that uh, we will not allow it to do is to change the way we operate the way that we live our lives we do it because uh, because we just do simple as that you're listening to a podcast from lbc morning everybody it's another one of those days which goes down and it will be imprinted in your mind imprinted in your mind if you're listening to lbc and you're thinking you know does life get any worse and the answer is for many people around the world yes it does for us it's an occurrence, but it's a, an, a rare occurrence, thank God. Tuesday, May the 23rd, the day that people going to a concert will remember for a very, very long time. Dan says, emailing love and best wishes to all in Manchester. We will not be beaten. One question uh, I brought up on Sunday whilst doing a Liverpool coach job. I asked a member of staff about the lack of bins in the bus station. Uh, to which she replied, the building besides us is the police headquarters. And it made sense. And I remember up until a few years ago, all the bus stations around London had no rubbish bins. It was because of the risk of people dropping a bomb in the bin, going back to the days of the IRA. As I say, that was uh, all the bins in London were removed. Uh, local, and I think all the post boxes were sealed up as well. All the post boxes were sealed up. I remember that. But it says local venues need to review their policy, you know, and uh, in all sorts of ways nowadays. But we do it. And then we kind of forget about it. We go, oh, nothing will happen for a while. We always think there's something else. We just don't know where and we don't know when. And we certainly never know why, do we? Uh, Answer says, just numb this morning. Why and when will it end? I don't think in our lifetimes. I really don't. Carol says, listening to the terrible news about Manchester here in New York City. Thoughts and prayers for the victims and the families. And uh, Kathleen says, my heart breaks for England. My girlfriend lives there. And I so worry about her. She and England own my heart always. Love to uh, those people affected. Somebody says, just woken up here in Kent, Steve. These are all our friends. It affects us all. Yes, it does. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it, there is no answer to it. I wish, the, I wish there was an answer. But uh, there isn't an answer. There is no 
easy way around it. There is no simple solution. There is no let's all sit round a table and discuss this because you're dealing with people who can't discuss anything at all. They've got no idea. They couldn't care less about suffering. They're not bothered. They're not even bothered about themselves. That's how little esteem they have. That's how low their esteem is, that they don't care even about themselves. So even if you threatened the, these people, if we caught them with the death penalty, if we brought it back in, which I think it will never happen in a million years, but if we did, that wouldn't bother them. They think they're a martyr. They think they're doing something that people are going to be proud of. Unfortunately, nobody is. You know, that's why you get people who sort of go... And we don't know who's, who's committed this atrocity. Nobody's claimed responsibility, no ISIS, no nothing at all. This could be a lone person, this could be somebody who's a sick person who just decided to, to do something. People do. And that's why, you know, you can't catch people because they're under the radar. We don't actually, we're not aware of who they are. That number again, which was given about by the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester. This is if you're concerned about anybody who may have been in the area and they're... Um, and they're still trying to find out and locate people and put people back together. They've got children in a number of hotels and they're trying to find people to go with them. But they don't know. I don't think they've identified all those who lost their lives yet. Uh, they will do. And uh, no doubt the papers probably day after will be full of pictures of those people. People who just went out for a night out. So the number to call is 0161 856 9400. 0161 856 9400. It's amazing how quick they can get these things up in operation, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, and the people who will be sitting there and uh, they will have a list of, uh, of what they've actually uh, discovered so far and then they can match people up with the list. Uh, another one here says it's just absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Listening to LBC since Ian Collins last night. And uh, thank you for giving us all the information. Well, we're, we're giving you the information that we can. We're going to talk to uh, our reporter just after the news at five o'clock this morning. It means that, of course, Nick Ferrari's breakfast show has changed completely from uh, from what they set up yesterday for him. And so he'll be he'll be taking this on further because as we get into the morning, there will be uh, more information which is being revealed. We'll have more people who will be coming forward. We'll uh, hopefully not have any more people who have lost their lives. That's what we keep our fingers crossed. So front pages of the papers, they're now going with the atrocity. The early editions, I don't have any of those uh, details on there. So we will, we will be contacting our reporters up there. We go back to our reporter we spoke to a short while ago and, uh, and find out if the situation changes. But the police have said... And they've said this on numerous occasions. I just reiterate, if you don't need to go down to the area, please don't. They've got enough to deal with on their plates without having to worry about people wandering about. There is an exclusion zone around that area, about three miles. And they'd rather keep it like that without having to deal with members of the public or people thinking they can go down there. Call the number uh, and see you know, if they've got somebody who may have been in the area that you've missed. And that way they can then sort of link you up together. But they need all the information that they can get. That's what they're looking for. Lots and lots of information. And that's why that call to Ian Collins was uh, was so important earlier on. Because it was somebody who was actually there. And now we've heard from people who've worked there. But we don't know anything. We know nothing apart from 19 dead. The ambulance service have, uh, have given us that figure of the people injured, which is 59 people injured. We keep our fingers crossed. That doesn't go any uh, any higher. Let's hear from another person now who spoke to Ian Collins last night. Caitlin went along to the concert 
with her daughter. We were one of the first to leave. We we um, walked up the stairs when she first left, Ariana Grande first left the stage. Yep. Um, and I said to my daughter, look, are you sure you don't want to wait? She she might come back out. And my daughter was like, no, I want to go to the tram stop. It's going to be busy. I want to go home. Yeah, yeah. So we literally got through the uh, the doors, um, which links to Victoria train station, and we heard that she'd come back on stage. So I asked my daughter, look, are you sure you don't want to go back? So we did. She said, yeah, 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 quickly. So we went back to her and we stood at the top of the stairs and watched for about maybe a minute song um let's run to the tram stop before everybody gets there i want to go so we literally walked through to victoria train station got onto the platform um at the, the, the tram platform and then the biggest bang you've ever heard in your life um wow. my daughter really scared started crying straight away and um, we were told to run by the staff at the train station um, we ran outside and as we got outside my daughter started pointing to a group of girls and they were covered in blood I mean, this girl, she was pouring with blood from her mouth, from her hand. A friend was covered in splats of blood. So straight away, I knew I knew it was something sinister, it was something bad. And obviously, we ran and, and managed to get in there, into a taxi. That was uh, Caitlin speaking to Ian Collins last night. I went along to the concert with her daughter. You know, a terrifying experience. They were, as she said there, we were told to run, and run is what we, we did. Greater Manchester Police... Say people worried about family members should contact this number 0161 856 9400. 0161 856 9400. And what we'll do, the other side of the news will bring you up to date. If you have just woken up and you might have just woken up and not heard anything at all, there has been an explosion in the uh, Oto Arena in Manchester. Uh, 19 people are reported to have lost their lives, 59 people. Uh, are currently in hospital. They're spread through six hospitals. The emergency services have put um, uh, a complete cordon around, a three-mile exclusion zone around, so they've appealed for people uh, not to go down there, please, but uh, please um, please call that number, which I gave you a moment ago, and uh, they can confirm, uh, to the best of their knowledge at the moment, exactly uh, exactly uh, what has happened. Our senior reporter, uh, Vince McAvinney, was speaking to Ian and to Darren earlier. He then headed off to Manchester. Anyway, he's now arrived in Manchester. So just after the news at five o'clock this morning, he'll be talking to me and filling us in on all the latest. But that's the latest as we know it. We don't know anything more about the person who perpetrated the crime. We don't know if it was, as has been reported, a nail bomb. Uh, we don't think it was a suicide bomber. Uh, because otherwise the police would have been saying a suicide bomber detonated. The people in America think it might have been, but normally there is a pattern which goes along with somebody who's going to uh, to uh, self-explode. But in this particular case, we don't know. But I'm looking at the people running out of the theatre. This must have been... It's the, same, it's the same clip that they've got on Sky News, which they've been running for the past God knows how many hours now. They don't appear to have anything else at all because nothing has been released to them. So the police must be examining that very carefully to see if they can identify the person, whether it makes any difference. Because the, the person might be alive who perpetrated the crime. They might have, you know, left a bag there or something like that or a carrier bag or, you know, a small parcel. We don't know. We don't know until they've studied the CCTV and then they will come back to us again. And no doubt later on today there will be another statement from the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester. Uh, Theresa May will no doubt be having a, a meeting later on and they'll be deciding what can be done. Seems ironic, doesn't it, when the other day, what were they saying? They're going to cut the police force by about 4,000 people. Doesn't, doesn't quite make sense to me. 
I kind of have to bang my head against a brick wall to go, surely, you know, in these times of people committing the most horrendous and heinous acts, uh, the thing we should be doing is increasing the number of police officers on the streets. Although why you'd want to be a police officer in this day and age, it's all changed a bit, hasn't it, since the cosy days of long ago. Now it's uh, you take your life in your hands out there, dealing with all sorts of things. Now you're dealing with people you don't even know who they are. The people who are suicide bombers and the people who will set bombs just to blow people up. But in this particular case, they obviously targeted children. They specifically targeted the arena, mainly because they knew it was going to be full of people. I mean, they actually could have uh, could have targeted one of her other concerts. It's nothing to do with her. I don't think she was targeted in any way, shape or form. It's just that they were looking for something to do that would draw attention to their act of terror. And this has certainly drawn their attention. But this person might be alive. This person might be alive. They might have actually just just sort of walked out of the uh, out of the foyer, having planted the bomb, and then it might have gone off. But because the concert was running late, there weren't as many people coming out as they obviously thought. Because had it been the normal time, loads of people stream out of the side doors there, and you've then got the uh, the main doors at the front. And uh, because it was running late, there weren't as many people. Who were in there, hence, I mean, 19 is 19 too many, as far as I'm concerned, and 59 injured is 59 too many. But uh, had it been a little bit earlier, then uh, this, this could have been even worse. Bad enough, but could have been so much worse. So uh, we'll, we'll look at that, and uh, when we talk to Vincent, we'll see if he's uh, got anything new that can add to it. But let me ju- I'd have to keep saying it to you, because the police are quite insistent. They don't want people going down there. There's nothing for you to see. They'd rather you stayed away. There's a three-mile exclusion zone. And uh, you're just adding to the headache that they've got. Andy Burnham, Greater Manchester's uh, Metro Mayor, says, My heart goes out to the families who've lost loved ones. My admiration to our brave emergency services. A terrible night for our great city. And I think that's been echoed by you this morning. People all over the country sending in messages of sympathy and uh, basically saying, We're with you, shoulder to shoulder, all the way. There'll always be that support in this country because that's what we do. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. If you're listening to LBC and it's the first time, uh, we will go uh, up to Manchester very, very shortly. Mark in Wakefield says, I want to say to the people in Manchester, your Yorkshire cousins are with you at this sad and dark time. And all the emergency services for all their hard work and thank the hospitals. Exactly. I think they're split between... Six hospitals. I think it's uh, I think it's something like that. And uh, somebody says my thoughts are with everybody involved. It terrifies me. The thought of being at a venue with my children and something like this happening from theme parks to Wimbledon to shopping centres can be anywhere. Can be anywhere. It really can. You, you don't know. Somebody says we've got to stand up, Steve, and show these creatures that we will not be beaten by their hatred and twisted views. Oh, no, we'll absolutely not be beaten. As I say, nothing, nothing will stop me you know, continuing my my day in the way that it was going to be going anyway. You know, if if there's an inconvenience, and I would put it down as an inconvenience or something like that, then we all do our best. We all pull together and we give other people support who maybe aren't as strong as we like to think that we are. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's LBC. It's Steve Allen with you until seven this morning when Nick Ferrari... Uh, We'll take you through the breakfast programme for today. The news you're waking up to. There has been an explosion in Manchester at the end of the uh, Ariana Grande concert at the arena. 
And uh, 19 people, according to the latest figures, have lost their lives. 59 people have been injured. They're at uh, a number of hospitals spread across the Manchester area. Six hospitals are looking after the people. Plus there are a number of children who are hoping to be reunited with their parents. I think the, I thought the last figure was about 50 children, something like that, who are waiting to be reunited. Richard says to target and bomb innocent human beings, women and children who've done nothing whatsoever, uh, offends everybody. It doesn't matter what faith or religion you are. Utter cowardice, pure and simple. Cowards, I know. They doesn't, but they don't care. Or this individual doesn't care. Well, our senior reporter you'll have heard earlier on talking to, uh, to Darren... Adam and Ian Collins as well. He's hot-footed it up to Manchester. And uh, Vincent McAvenny joins us now. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Steve. I've just arrived into Manchester. I've walked about a mile from where the roads are blocked off around the arena. And I've just got up to the yellow police tape saying, crime scene, do not enter. I can see the arena from here. It's very quiet. Uh, it's quite a startling sunrise here. It was a red sky. And overhead, you might be able to hear the police helicopter is still circling all around the arena. There's a number of police cars as we were driving up here and getting close to Manchester. Police cars whizzing past us with their lights on. It is going to be a difficult day this city is waking up to. Absolutely. So, I mean, is, is it fairly quiet now? Presumably everybody from the concert has now left. Have the ambulances left as well? Well, from where I am now, um, it still seems to be fairly quiet. When I was actually walking up here, there was a group of people approaching me. They were carrying a little girl. She had obviously been at the concert. I approached them and asked them if they had attended. They didn't want to speak, but the little girl simply nodded and she cried and she had had quite a night and they carried on taking her home, her father carrying her on his shoulders. Oh, so there are still people here, uh, it seems. They possibly could have been reunited. We know that the Holiday Inn last night uh, took in a number of children who were separated from their parents, about 50-plus at one point. So it might well be that she was one of those reunited with their parents after some time. We don't have any names of those who lost their lives, do we, at the moment? Are police keeping that uh, confidential at the moment? We still don't have that. Over the course of the night, what happened last night was I actually received a call from a friend that lives in Manchester about five minutes after the two explosions had gone off, saying that there was a lot of ambulance activity. I turned on the news expecting to sort of see something. There was still nothing then and started going through social media and seeing the reports about what was happening. I got on air at LBC and got to the studio. And uh, through the night, that first police statement that came through came quite quickly. We didn't expect it, saying fatalities and saying it plurally. That was within about the first hour and a half, and it was quite a surprise. Normally, those kind of statements are a bit longer coming mm. after something like this. I think the police were quite keen to show early on that this was a serious incident because we simply thought that there might have been some injuries, but we didn't expect that. And for a long time, we didn't want to sort of think that it was a terrorist incident, mm. which the police now state that it is. There was a lot of reporting that it was a pyrotechnic display that had set off a speaker fire, perhaps, um, because obviously Ariana Grande, she's a sort of 
Britney Spears for this generation of young girls and uh, teenagers. She was a Nickelodeon TV star. She's had movies. She's gone on now to become a sort of, you know, world tourer. This was part of a world tour. She was in Dublin the previous night. And obviously lots of fireworks, lots of dancers, lots of, you know, energetic displays. And it was thought at one point last night that it would be in some kind of pyrotechnic uh, accident that had set off a stampede and then the injuries. But then through the night we started to get word and police then called it a terrorist incident and we got that first proper statement from them saying fatalities and then about a, a little while later just as I was actually getting in the car to come up here to Manchester that statement came through from Metropolitan Police saying 19 fatalities and 50 injured um, quite um, quite a startling statement from the police a short while later after that the head of Greater Manchester Police uh, gave a press conference. It was delayed by about half an hour, which we thought might have meant that, you know, the count was going to continue to rise, uh, which, you know, it still could do this morning as we, as we wake up. We know that obviously a lot of people are at Manchester hospitals right now, but no, it was, it was, it was at about, um, an sort of hour and 20 minutes ago that that statement was made saying it is still 19 fatalities and 50 people injured. It's interesting, isn't it? America are, are, are claiming that they think it's a suicide bomber, whereas, in fact, we're not putting out anything about the person who perpetrated the crime. We don't know if it was a suicide bomber. We don't know if it was a nail bomb. We don't know if the, uh, if the, uh, if the person planted the device and then wandered off. We, we, we don't know anything about that, do we? No, that's right. And obviously, in situations like this, it's important to be putting out the clear and accurate information. Even on Twitter last night, there was a lot of speculation flying around, a lot of sort of misinformation, which sometimes doesn't help people. You know, the police have said that this is a terrorist incident. They're calling it an active crime scene. There was a bomb squad here last night when they thought they'd found another device in Cathedral Gardens. They detonated it, to be sure. Thankfully, it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, the U.S. networks are very quick to try and put a death toll out last night. And the one that they actually put out was incorrect. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a bit of, it was a bit of a rush for them last night. But, yeah, what we do know is that 19 fatalities, 50 injured. Facebook has activated its check-in safe service in this city here. It's also worth encouraging people during things like this, the data network can be down. It's good to send an SMS text message, one of the classic text messages. And even if the person that you're sending it to, if you still haven't got hold of a loved one, I've been speaking to one girl uh, through, the, uh, through my journey here who's desperately searching for one of her friends. She's been tweeting pictures of him uh, and uh, she's been so far unable to get in touch with him I've sort of said to her you know send a text message that will get through better he might be unconscious perhaps you know it'll be one of the emergency services that is treating him that might see the message they might be able to call you so a lot of panic this boy was called Martin Het. he was at the concert last night it's Christina who I've been talking to she's been tweeting photos of him he was uh, snapchatting last night on his way to the concert, I can see he was in uh, on a train listening to Ariana Grande with his friends, and uh, he still uh, is not being contacted. It's uh, there's obviously today is going to be a very uh, a very testing time for a lot of people up there in Manchester, isn't it? It will be, and a lot of people will be waking up not knowing what's happening around the country. Uh, he was. Um, 
you know, it broke quite late last night. Mm. It happened, uh, so the, the explosion happened at around 10.40. Everyone in this city probably heard it. The friend that contacted me about it lives more than a mile away. She's actually from Northern Ireland. She very quickly knew that it was an explosion. She then also sort of reported a popping noise, which several others reported mm. as well, which instantly made me think that it was gunfire and it was something else. Now, that's still not quite sure what that noise was from, uh, but a lot of people in this city would have been aware quite quickly last night because of the sound of that, that something was wrong. But, yeah, most of the country waking up this morning to this news about a disastrous night, and it's going to be a tough day for the city of Manchester. As you were saying before, police have encouraged people not to come down here. They say there is nothing to see. It is going to impede them more than anything. Mm. Um, and also the emergency services, obviously under great strain, the ambulance service last night putting out messages asking people only to call an ambulance if it was a genuine extreme emergency because the ambulances were having to deal with the number of casualties that were here. Uh, hopefully we will catch up with you, Vincent, a little bit later on, if that's OK. Probably in about uh, an hour's time. Would that be OK? Of course. Excellent. Thank you for that. Our senior reporter, Vincent McAvinney. Close it. So one minute he's in London, the next minute he's shooting up the motorway in a, in a taxi to bring us that, uh, that report from the streets of Manchester, which are quiet this morning. But I'll reiterate again, please don't go down there because it's quiet. It's, it's only going to hinder the police. And then hopefully we might start getting some other pictures because they'll be examining the CCTV. They'll be taking a look. Somebody might know some information. We shall hopefully find out. If you're concerned about anybody who may have been in the area, it's 0161, which is Manchester, 0161 856 9400. 0161 856 9400. You'd think that large areas of people at venues would be searched when going in. Uh, to find somebody who then leaves a bomb would be seen on CT- CCTV. Well, in fact, they are searched, but they, they're searched when they go in to the arena, not when they go into the foyer, because it might just be somebody dropping somebody off. And for those of you who've seen some of the uh, claims on Twitter that Vincent was talking about and wonder why we don't repeat them straight away, you may also have seen certain reports about Prince Philip a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. And uh, that's why we check. We check. Don't believe everything you read. There's so much fake news out. In fact, we had that the other day, didn't we? Somebody thinking that there was a story that I ran on my programme, which was fake news about the Radio Leeds presenter, which turned out not to be fake at all and turned out to be so horrendous. That features in the papers for this morning. But, you know, you have to check out things. It's easier to put something online and then people pick up on it. And before you know where you are, people go, oh, well, it must be true. It isn't. But they, they check going into the arena. Because if somebody had been able to get something into the arena, they, they could have caused absolute carnage. Absolute carnage. Uh, this will not beat us, Steve. And somebody says you're helping those of us waking up early and on their own this morning. Uh, well, as long as you're not in Manchester, you're, you're fairly safe, believe you me. And if you worry about everything like that every day, you know, you, you, you wouldn't go out anywhere, would you? You'd just be sort of uh, staying in, being frightened by it. No, just carry on. You're, that's what we do in this country. What was that sign that said, keep calm and carry on? That's absolutely what you should do. You keep calm and you carry on. Something's going to happen, it's going to happen and we deal with it. If it doesn't, you've had another blessed day. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company this morning. I say it's nice to have your company. It's not a particularly pleasant task that we have to tell you about the atrocity that occurred in Manchester just before 10.30 last night when a bomb exploded 
at the Ariana Grande concert at the uh, Manchester Arena. Uh, there is a cordon in operation now. The police have appealed for people not to go there. It's a three-mile exclusion zone. Uh, we'll catch up with our uh, reporter, Vincent, up there, probably in about another 45, 50 minutes to see if anything has uh, changed. But uh, it was Paul who phoned Ian Collins late last night to tell us what he saw at the concert. I had a top night, really good night. As we were walking out, there was a massive, loud explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, for some reason, I don't know why, but I just froze and just grabbed the people I was with and just linked them um, and didn't walk ahead because we had, like, the, end, the exit with lots of steps. And for some reason, I just I don't know why I did it, but I just froze. Um, wow. And then lots of children, everyone started running past us. And the, the most upsetting thing to me was the kids. Um, they've had a top night at a concert and they all yeah. just stopped screaming and crying, uh, dropping their banners and running down the stairs. Oh. Um and it was it was like it was a loud bang, but in my for me, I thought it was somewhere in the distance of the city. I didn't think it was actually in the arena. Uh, but by definition of whose gig it was, there would be a disproportionate amount of young kids there, of course. So uh, the, the, it was lots of children. Yeah, lots of cl- moms, moms clearly. Um, it's interesting this sound. I know it's very very difficult to pinpoint these things. Uh, the last two eyewitnesses we've spoken to, and it sounds as if you're in a sort of similar camp on this, Paul, uh, not suggesting that the instinct was that it was a bomb, but it was something that just didn't sound like something you would expect to hear. It was a loud bang. I mean, the rumours recently since we've walked across the set, I mean, we, we got quite upset afterwards because even though at first when you leave a concert, you're on a high and you think that was a really good concert and you hear a bang and you think it was like audio equipment and then but then when you see everybody running towards you and then realise, actually, that was a really loud bang, that was too yeah. loud to be audio equipment, sure. so you weren't sure what that noise was. Um, for me, it sounds like it was in... It, if it was some sort of explosion, it was in the distance, but but close enough to be in right. your in your area, but not actually... So no this glass, could have been no glass. At, presumably outside the stadium but clearly something outside that was uh, any form of explosion, whatever it happened to be, would could yeah. still be heard inside. Yeah, it wasn't inside. It was definitely somewhere uh, or on the other side of the stadium. Right. Um, but after it happened, I think you realise how on edge this country is, how worried we are. Well, yeah, I mean, like that's precisely what most people appear to be saying. You know, one wonders if we would have the same reaction if this was, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. But g- no. give, given where we're at, any noise and music venues, you know, any area where there's a crowd, I guess it's sort of now locked into us, isn't it, the, to, to be aware yeah. and perhaps be, as you were, you know, fairly fearful think- at the time. I remember when I was young and I was driving into Warrington because I'm from Warrington. I remember driving into Warrington on Mother's Day when the war happened years ago. The IRA, the IRA. Yeah, yeah. And I think at the time I was too young to realise and see it, but saw my parents and, and their reaction. And then tonight, I think it brought back a bit of actually that's exactly how we felt. Yeah. That, that was years ago when that. <laughs> that, thing that was happened. at the shopping centre, wasn't we're it? A country, yeah. We're, yeah. And we're a country on edge. We are a country on edge. Uh, when you left, were you able in any way to, do, to, to see the emergency services? Did they, did they appear to be yeah, dealing with one area of the arena? Were, were they focused no, on one part of it? No, the whole city. The whole city has been in lockdown. The whole city. We've walked to the other side of the town, yeah. um, and it, it, it stands still. Everyone, it's a bit... It's, for a, it's very quiet. It's very quiet. We've walked to the other side of town. There's lots of police, lots of ambulance, um, which puts things into perspective and yeah, reality yeah. how that this country does react. 
straight away. Indeed, in, in, and we are grateful in that respect, of course, that we have yeah. you know a, a, a set of emergency services that, that are able to do that. But when you were actually at the, the venue itself, you, the, you you couldn't, you weren't able to pinpoint that there appeared to be a tension focused in a certain part or, uh, on the exterior of the stadium. There was nothing to suggest that. No, ev- uh, the guys who worked there were very good. They just pointed everyone to their fire exits, everyone ran to the right way. Uh, there's a lot of people. I mean, I think the Manchester Arena holds like 20,000 plus people, and they all were running to the exits. Ian Collins talking to Paul late last night on what he saw at the concert. I said 20,000 people. Had they not been overrunning, the disaster could have been worse. But as I said a short while ago, you know, how much worse can it get? And you just feel, I said at the beginning of the programme this morning, it's you just feel so useless. You just feel as though your hands are tied, your mouth is full of cotton wool, you don't know what to say to people. How do you, how do you break it to somebody that uh, that somebody that they waved off to a concert last night in all innocence is now not coming back from it? Nineteen people died last night in Manchester. Fifty-nine people are currently in uh, six hospitals. We're keeping our fingers crossed that the toll does not rise on either side. I th- I'm hoping. I would like to put hand on heart and say I'm hoping that's it. But you never, you never know, do you? that uh, we'll have more of, uh, of our eyewitnesses, more of our reporters on the scene who'll bring us up to date with things uh, and uh, to try and make head nor tail of it. But we have questions. We have a lot of questions to ask, as within all of these cases. We didn't need it uh, on Westminster Bridge when we had that, uh, that atrocity in London, but we need it here because we don't know how somebody was able to get something into the foyer of the arena. We don't know what sort of bomb it was. We don't know if it was a nail bomb. We don't know if it was a suicide bomber. We don't know the nationality of the person. We don't know their religious beliefs. We don't know anything at all. All of this will unravel today. And you'll hear it on LBC as the police uncover a little bit more as they check the CCTV. And this building, as we've heard from people up there, is absolutely honeycombed with CCTV. You go through into the foyer. The foyer is the bit you can walk into. So that's obviously quite an easy thing to do. I told you, a friend of mine, three times in three weeks he's been there. So he knows the venue really, really well. And there's, presumably, there must be, I don't know whether they've got security who walk around there. The security to get you into the arena is very good. But obviously nobody was thinking about the security just outside of the arena because you go up the stairs, then you presumably get the bag checks and all the other things, which you have to have in this day and age. We're living in, a, in different times. We're living in times where people don't care about other people's lives. You know, they don't care if it's children, if it's women, if it's elderly people. This would have been predominantly children, young people going to this. You know, the 12, the 13, 14-year-old people who probably would have gone with their mums, their dads would have been coming to pick them up later on. But because there's so many uh, exits from the building, a lot of people managed to get out because, you know, if there had been a major panic in this building, as the police will probably tell you and Vincent will tell you later on, uh, this originally they thought was stampeding and people getting trampled. Then they suddenly realised that they... uh, that they weren't. This wasn't people stampeding. The explosion they'd already, already heard. So we know that 59 have been injured. I mean, with 20,000 people, this this could have been, you know, our worst disaster of all time. It's bad enough that 59 people were injured. It's bad enough that double figures of people, and it was only single figures when I first came into the uh, story. But the 59 people are being treated at six hospitals across Greater Manchester. 
And that's what I was to say. The emergency services have said, please do not call an ambulance out unless it's an absolute emergency. If it's not an emergency, they're needed elsewhere. Pe- people are needed. So please don't call people out. Uh, our reporter Tom Dunn is at the Manchester Royal Infirmary. And a little over 10 minutes time, he'll be joining us to bring us up to uh, up to speed with what's happening there. And then later on today, I'm assuming the uh, the police will have to go home. They'll have to because they'll be swapping shifts in Manchester. They don't work all the way through the night and work all the way through the morning. Many of these uh, people would have been finishing probably round about now and the morning shift will come on. So those police officers and those emergency services and those security services will have to be brought up to speed. There'll be a lot of people who are putting themselves out in a lot of ways today to make sure that our lives are as safe as they can be. And if we get some answers, uh, you know, I'm looking for the answer here. I'm looking for pictures uh, from CCTV later on today to show us the person they think planted the bomb, perpetrated the crime. And that's what I'm looking for. And then they will hopefully track them from the building. And once they've tracked somebody and they've found out more about them, I suspect they're probably still alive. I suspect somebody walked in to the foyer of which, the, you know, the security is further into the arena to check people before they take to their... It's 20,000 people. You're checking in 20,000 people. You've got to go some to check in that many people. Let me tell you, I've been into... You know, it's bad enough on planes. You queue for ages to go through planes while they sort of patch you down and walk you through the machines and everything else. In Manchester Arena, that's 20,000 people, which is more than the O2 here in London. And again, they've got, you know, and today there will be heightened security everywhere. But that's what we should have all the time. We should be able to rely on people. But, you know, we don't have enough people out there. They need more people. And so that's why, as I say, it's ironic, isn't it? that they talk about axing 4,000 police officers. The one thing we want is more police officers. In America, they're saying it was a a suicide bomber. That's what they suspect. But we have no evidence to suggest this at all. You'll probably read conspiracy theories on the internet. You'll read all sorts of things, uh, none of which will be true because nobody's got any information at all. The police are keeping very quiet at the moment, which means that they're either studying it very carefully or they've got a rough idea of what uh, what happened. And once they've established that, then they will inform the media. Then we can tell you. But that's what you'll hear on LBC today. You'll be hearing a lot of this today. We'll be talking to the experts, but uh, let's not jump to conclusions over who we think is responsible for this, because we do not know. We have no idea. Nobody knows. Uh, The police are treating the explosion as terror, and that's as near as it gets. But it could be terror from a completely different set of people, a group. We don't know if this person was operating alone. We don't know if it was religion-based. We don't know anything. And there's no point in in guessing it. You really can't guess something like this. You've got to have hard facts. You've got to check something. You've got to be absolutely on the money before you make any sort of assumptions. And that's why, you know, in these days of... And it's only recently we talked about fake news. Because a lot of people were thinking, as I say, this was fake news when it happened. Because they heard this bang. And then they heard what sounded like pop-pop sounds, which they thought maybe was shooting. So that then appeared on the internet. They thought somebody was running loose with a gun, and that turns out not to be true. And then they thought originally maybe fireworks at Ariana. I don't know if she had fireworks. People said there was a smell of burning, something like that, which doesn't sound consistent with a bomb. I'm not sure if a, if a nail bomb actually is consistent with a certain smell. People said it smelt like rubber. They thought originally it was one of her speakers that had sort of blown up with sort of a pyrotechnic on it, in which case all the people at the front of the hall would have been those in uh, affected, but they weren't. 
it was out. But they've got no footage at the moment. No footage. They've only got this one little clip on Sky News, which they keep running and running again. And police officers everywhere. I mean, you wouldn't want to be a police officer in this day and age or an ambulance driver or any of the, uh, the emergency services or the people in the hospitals who, you know... <laughs> They just pull together, don't they? They just make it happen. Uh, the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester gave out that number. And I'll give it to you again if you've just woken up at 29 minutes past uh, five. This is the one to call if you're concerned about anybody who may have been in the area. If you're missing somebody um, or you're not sure whether or not a relative went to the uh, concert. The number to call is 0161, which is Manchester, 856 9400. 0161 8569400 You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Shocking news says Jason the sovereign driver from Manchester Steve I go to Old Trafford when I can and I have many good friends in Manchester terrorist scum you will not win we carry on our thoughts to uh, those who were killed or injured and the families involved and uh, Lisa says little girls going out to see their idol Worlds fail me. Jonathan Shallot was at Manchester Arena in April for Nicola Adams' fight. And uh, he says, horrific for those families who have suffered, those that lived scarred for life. And uh, if you're trying to get trains, just be aware that the system is uh, is disrupted. Uh, the emergency helpline for those people who need uh, some advice is 0161 and uh, there's also, there was one here, somebody's uh, uh, asked for a retweet. If you see this man here, and uh, it's it's all over Twitter, he took his sister to the tour and he's gone missing as well. So there are lots of lots of people out there. Uh, Dave says, heartbroken for a city that I've always been so proud to pull, call home. Look after each other, Manchester. It's what you've always done best. And loads of people are, uh, are tweeting that about Manchester uh, the news that you will hear is that 19 people have died. LBC's Northwest reporter Tom Dunn is outside the Manchester Royal Infirmary Hospital. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Steve. So, how many people? Because they're the 59 people injured are split between six hospitals, aren't they? I believe. That's correct. Yes, Northwest Ambulance Service tweeted that out before. We're actually awaiting a statement from the hospital director, Alwyn Jones. He came and spoke to me and some other members of the press about an hour or so ago, saying he did have a statement that he was going to give us, but was unclear about whether or not he'd disclose exactly how many of the casualties have arrived here throughout the morning. And also, the, the thing I'm keen to find out, because we can't find out from anybody else, we don't know what sort of explosive device this was. There were some reports earlier on this was a, a nail bomb, and that's why it would have accounted for 59 injuries. Presumably, they've not told you what injuries some of these people have. No, Greater Manchester Police, uh, they've given a few statements, but understandably are playing down exactly what the circumstances are and I think it is important to reiterate that any information that we or any other members of the press for that matter are going to be giving out should be from the proper authorities themselves because it is very easy to look at Twitter and to look at other forms of social media and take take for words some of the people that were there but it is very important of course to get the facts right. 
especially very... with what's been going on. Absolutely. And I know that the services there was, were stretched a lot. They were putting out reports saying, unless it's an absolute emergency, please do not call 999, unless mm. it's really, really serious. Yeah. Because presumably, that, like everywhere else in the country, resources are small. Absolutely, yes. You did mention, of course, there is six hospitals spread across this area. And one thing that's also become apparent to me is the generosity and the, the openness of the people here in Manchester, especially I was speaking to a taxi driver who was here. He was waiting to end his shift, but he'd specifically come down here because he said anyone that was coming out, he wanted to help get home without charge. And I think that really should be the overriding message of what is to come out this morning. I always think every time there is a, a tragedy, no matter how bad it is, there is some goodness it brings out in people. People want to help. People want to come together. There's none of this, mm. you know, you look after yourself. It's a case of we heard about the, uh, the cab company and people have already said they're going to be sending them some money and things like that. If, yes, it, if it's just a little bit Steve. of help, we do it well. We do it well. Absolutely. And it's, yes, and it's absolutely. great. Difficult for you, of course, because you're... Uh, you're one of those poor people who has to stand outside a place waiting to get... And it's very difficult to get people to talk mm. about it. I know a number of our reporters this morning have said that they've sort of tried to stop people and, and they're, they're too traumatised by it. Yes, I mean, I've seen a, a number of people, I say a number, a, a small handful of people coming into the car park, but mostly, it has to be said, teenagers wrapped in blankets. I saw one girl as she was being taken away by what looked to be maybe a brother or a cousin, and she was crying in the back. It, clearly very distressing for a lot of these people, and you can understand why although we, we are here just to get their side of the story why they wouldn't want to stop and talk and i'm sure all they want to do is go home yeah. and try their best to forget about what's happened last amazing night. amazing tom how many people are, are retweeting people's names and saying listen we tried calling so-and-so's phone they've not replied so i don't know uh, whether or not the police are going to name the people who are in hospital or they're trying to link people up with loved ones Yes, I, I heard you mention before about one of the, the... There's a picture of a boy, is there, with, with yes. another boy? And yes. There's, uh, yes, I've seen a number of those on uh, popping up on my social media account. Um, and uh, I th one I saw before, I don't know whether it's here, but there is a mother going around some of the hospitals looking for her daughter. Yes. Um, understandably, I think that's because police aren't disclosing any of the names. And... You could argue that, that that is the correct way to do it because we don't want to speculate no. as to who, who, is, who is one of the casualties, and I can understand that. But, uh, yes, like, like you said, I mean, the, the power of uh, the generosity of people mm. and the willingness to help is something that's, uh, that's shining through on what's been a pretty dreadful night for Manchester. There's even, I believe, people offering places to stay using this hashtag, Room in mm. Manchester. I mean, it's, it makes you yes. want to cry. It really does. It's mm. amazing. So, yeah. what's the, what, so what's the plan of action, Tom? You're, you're going to stay at the hospital, are you? Yes, that's the plan. We the, There's TV cameras that have arrived now. Some of mm, my fellow radio journalists and print journalists have been outside since about 2 o'clock this morning waiting any specks of information that are going to come through. And like I said, the director of the hospital did come out and briefly speak to us before saying he hadn't forgotten about us uh, and he said he's preparing a statement with Greater Manchester Police. So... I'm hoping we should have an update for you within the next hour or so.
Excellent. Tom, nice to talk to you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Steve. Take care. LBC's Northwest reporter, Tom Dunn, who's outside Manchester's Royal Infirmary Hospital. News has just come in. The Prime Minister will be chairing the COBRA meeting at nine o'clock this morning. Nine o'clock this morning, the COBRA meeting will be chaired by the Prime Minister. That's the government's uh, emergency committee. Uh, what they do, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I know what they do, but I don't know what they can actually do about it. Uh, some more of your uh, texts and emails. Grace says, words fail me. Uh, I know, I mean, I mean, sometimes, I don't know how people hold it together on the radio, I really don't. It's, it's so terrible, it really is. And says, I'm crying with these families as I'm writing this, uh, this email. They say our hearts are near. But that's what we do up in Manchester. And they, I, I discovered this years ago, laugh, God, the first time we've laughed on the programme this morning. Um, when I went up there, and you suddenly realise that this, this laughingly called North-South divide, you suddenly realise in Manchester people talk to you. People talk to you. I remember going out with a friend of mine. We went to a club and people spoke to us. Never had that. Never had that before. You don't get that in London. People, if somebody starts talking to you on the train, you know, you start thinking, hello, looking around. In Manchester, people talk to you. Up north, there's a, there's a, a more friendly attitude and it's, it's come to the fore here. And well done to all of you who've, who've offered help and a shoulder and... Uh, and some comforting words, because it must mean an awful lot to these people. I haven't also told you that we're having a slight change to the LBC schedule this morning. Nick Ferrari's breakfast show is starting at six this morning, six o'clock this morning, because that's the time I think they're going to start getting all the uh, the uh, the words in from the people in the hospitals. And uh, hopefully by that time, we'll be getting something in from the uh, from the prime minister. Already there are reporters down at Downing Street. So we're going to be getting a lot of that. There'll be more reaction from people in Manchester. And um, as the day goes through, you'll hear on LBC as the police release a little bit more information. But they've got to check on everything. So if you have just woken up, that... At uh, awful atrocity up there in uh, Manchester. 19 people dead at the Manchester Arena. 59 people in hospital. Uh, Tom will hopefully have that report when the hospital administrator comes out and, uh, and does that. They're well aware of all the journalists standing outside and they're well aware of the fact that uh, there is a need for people to know what's going on. There is a need for people to understand exactly what the system is. And I can understand the frustration from a lot of people who've uh, written in to me saying we just need to be told they have to check everything so often they can't speculate. It's just not physically possible. Uh, Steve, the difference between the British and the American news networks is that we only disclose information when we're ready to do so with the knowledge we're causing a detriment to any ongoing investigation with premature, inaccurate news reporting. Yes. And Lee says, I'm so upset today after Manchester, such a mix of people that live there. My wife went to the arena last month. My love is with everybody involved and their families. How can we help? Um, I think the people of Manchester are pulling together on this one. I, th I mean, I think they, they really are because that's what they do. Well, that's what we do. We, we do it as a country, don't we? If, ever there's a, if it's ever a disaster, you can guarantee that we're the first ones there to offer help and guidance and just to sort of make people feel that they're not by themselves. But there is nothing, nothing, I promise you, you can ever say to anybody who loses somebody. Absolutely nothing. I know because I've been in that situation and it doesn't, it just washes over you. It just doesn't mean anything at all. But at least we're thinking of them. At least we're thinking of their, of their pain. We don't know what their pain is, but we're thinking about it. 84850, steve at uk. So Nick Ferrari will be starting at six o'clock this morning. I know he's in the building. I saw him arriving in a short while ago. And uh, he'll be taking over the reins at six o'clock 
this morning. I think because I'm kind of emotioned out, to be honest with you. I know, it's, I know it sounds dreadful, but uh, this is a somewhat different programme. We, we get these every so often, and uh, I never look forward to doing them because, you know, and, and of late, too often, you know, where you, you read about uh, something happening in the other, uh, you know, another part of the country and you think whatever problems you've got yourself, it's nothing compared to what people are going through up there. The people who've, who've witnessed this, children who could possibly be scarred for life because they've seen something happening and uh, and they've been there at the time. And we don't appreciate that. We just go, oh, don't worry, you can do it. But they're children, they can't. They don't understand what that is. They've probably never seen anything like that. And for the families who might have lost somebody, that's 19 families out there this morning, 19 families who have to come to terms with it, who are just wringing their hands and not knowing. In fact, they might not even know that their loved one is uh, is not with them anymore. It depends. You know, we don't know what the situation is with the explosive device we don't know as I say if it was a nail bomb we don't know if it was a suicide bomber I tend not to think it was a suicide bomber because I think they would have said a suicide bomber they've just said a terror attack now whether it's based on religion I have no idea and we don't know and I'm not prepared to speculate this morning but that number to call I keep giving it out to you because just in case you just turn on the radio is 0161 856 9400 0161 Eight five six nine four double zero, and that's the uh, the number to uh, to call if you're concerned about anybody who may have been in the area. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thirteen minutes to uh, six is the time. It's Steve Allen with you till six this morning. Uh, Nick Ferrari is going to be here in about twelve minutes' uh, time. He'll take you through uh, for breakfast today, looking. Uh, at the events which happened just before 10.30 last night and the updates as they come in. And uh, we also have to tell you as well this morning that there is no free podcast. I thought it was inappropriate to do it, you know, when we're sort of taking the mickey out of celebrities. I thought if ever there was a day when we wouldn't be taking the mickey out of celebrities and featuring them, today would be the day, which means that uh, we've saved it. And so we'll be back again uh, tomorrow morning. Now, we heard this morning from some of the eyewitnesses who phoned LBC shortly after last night's awful events in Manchester. No doubt many more of you will be speaking to Nick later this morning as well. Andrew was uh, one of those who was at last night's Ariana Grande concert at the Manchester Arena, and he spoke to Ian Collins. As soon as Ariana finished, me and my partner started leaving the venue. We were sat towards the back of the tier. Um, we started going down the stairs when we heard the first bang. Um, everyone started kind of screaming and then leaving towards the back exit, so like the fire exit towards the venue at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, we started leaving also. Um, everyone kind of started um, crying, screaming. We kind of didn't know what was really going on. And then once we left those doors, started going into the main almost walkway around the entire venue and started to leave the main exit, um, everybody started to crying scream again and there was a very strong smell of burning it was it was quite smoky throughout the entire passage okay. and again a lot of people started crying and screaming that kind of thing um and the i don't know if it was police or the wardens what whatever they kind of started rushing us out and um, to leave get out just stay kind of in an orderly fashion make sure everyone was safe but i didn't really see um, I didn't really say any fatalities or anything, but obviously afterwards it must have been a lot 
a lot obviously happened afterwards after we left. It's interesting, Andrew. You, you, the smell of smoke uh, or some some sort of uh, aftermath of burning. A few people have reported something similar. Are you able to kind of pinpoint that anymore? Yeah, literally as soon as we started coming down the stairs in the, um, it was kind of where like the main super or the bars etc were. Um, we there was a me and my partner that both kind of looked at each other. There was a very very strong smell of burning. Um, it was almost as if the entire place had had. It was as if there was a fire. Basically, there was a lot of smoke filling the passage. Um, so you could see burning. smoke and you could smell burning or the aftermath of burning. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we came out of the doors from the actual venue into where the passage where the bars were, there was smoke um, apparent and there was a very strong smell of burning. In, in terms of getting out, Andrew, there's varying reports about how ordered this was. Uh, looking at lots of the footage that's coming through, we live in a world of the camera phone, of course, so it doesn't take long before images start to come through in varying forms. Mostly it looks rather ordered, and despite there being panic, uh, people do seem to be doing the sensible thing. But I'm, I'm assuming that it's just an inevitable reaction of the human condition that some people will panic more than others and will want to run. Um, did, did you see a lot of that? Were people trying to run at speed while trying to get out the place? Yeah, as soon as basically the first bang occurred, we, we literally thought, oh, what is that? And then everyone started screaming, running towards the exit. Um, and then as soon as people started running, we realised, all right, this is a lot more serious than first thought. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we started coming out of the exit, the second um, explosion appeared. Um, it was it was a very heavy queue to get out of the... Well, it wasn't really a queue, it was just a kind of a herd of people trying to get out. Yeah. Um, and then once out, we kind of hurdled towards the hotel we're staying in, because we are from Newcastle, so we were hurdling towards the hotel we, uh, we are staying at. Um, so, it, but there was a lot of people crying, um, lying on the street, screaming, trying to wait for taxis, that kind of thing. It was just, it was, it was basically carnage. So, I mean, we were trying to get as far away as possible, so we didn't really kind of soak everything that was going on. But it just seemed absolute carnage. But, and and the, the the sense of panic that you had yourself, Andrew, you, you you clearly managed to remain calm to the point of getting yourself out. But it must have also been rather terrifying too. Yeah, yeah, of course. We've never really experienced anything like that, so we just kind of thought, right, let's get as far away as we can towards yeah. the hotel. We got there. I mean, we did class a few girls crying, etc. We asked if they were okay, if they were getting picked up, if they needed to come with us. Um, I mean, they were absolutely fine, but there was people being picked up. It was just like everyone seemed to be in a bit of a kind of a panic mode. Um, a lot of people seemed to get away, but I mean, we, and, and we were amongst that. But ever since we've got back to the hotel, we've heard a lot of um, police cars and ambulances passing the the, um, the building. Andrew talking to Ian Collins last night on LBC. Michael Dennis, the Black Cab Poet, says, uh, Sick, evil, twisted, inadequate, sad. Targeting children, the world has gone mad. I think people would uh, would agree, actually. Uh, also, for uh, another uh, press release has come out from the Greater Manchester Police. They say anybody who needs help uh, or assistance... After the incident at the Manchester Arena, help is available at the Etihad Stadium. 
Okay, so that's the that's the place to go to. That's the home of Manchester City Football Club, incidentally. So the Etihad Stadium is offering help and assistance to people, and that's what people do. that's what we do in this country, isn't it? We just we offer you know help to everybody. We reach out and we uh, and we do our little bit. The Home Secretary, incidentally, at uh, seven minutes to six, Amber Rudd is expected to make a statement shortly, and you'll hear that first on LBC. Plus, we'll also be going back to Tom Dunn, because I think there'll be a statement from the uh, from the hospital. And uh, no doubt, um, after the COBRA meeting, although you don't seem to hold much faith in COBRA meetings, uh, at nine o'clock this morning, no doubt there will then be a, a statement read by the Prime Minister. So there's, there's all of that. And uh, the... Uh, uh, the explosion, what we know and what we don't know. There'll be a Nick Ferrari special from six o'clock on LBC this morning. So uh, he's starting a bit earlier. Uh, Vincent McAvenny, who's up there in Manchester, um, he's uh, going to be talking to concertgoers, describing their terrifying night. Certainly won't be uh, one that people will ever will ever miss. And you certainly won't be forgetting it, will you? Um Another one here, a lot of people retweeting. There is a Lost Children Manchester Arena, the Holiday Inn, and uh, they're looking after a lot of people up there. They're trying to uh, put people together. Uh, Anybody affected, the amount of people who've retweeted and tweeted and and said, you know, it's uh, unbelievable bravery. Toby says it never ceases to amaze when you see the emergency services headed directly towards where an attack has just taken place. Incredible bravery. Without uh, you know, without a, a thought for their own safety, it's just the uh, the help that they're offering to people. Um, and uh, Ariana Grande, as you know, has issued a not even a statement. She just put something out on Twitter which says, "Broken from the bottom of my heart, I'm so so sorry. I don't have words. I don't know whether or not they, she's got more dates. Uh, she's due to be in London on Thursday and Friday." At the O2. Now, I'm assuming, because I've heard nothing to the contrary, but as I say, things could uh, could change, uh, that she's going ahead with those shows. And it will probably be, I should imagine, as a as a tribute to those people who lost their lives and those people who were injured as well. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? The way that, uh, you know, everybody pulls together and nobody pulls together. More like northerners. 84850, uk. Again, the advice is from the uh, Manchester Police and Emergency Services. A, don't call the emergency services unless it's absolutely necessary for you so to do. And it's got to be an emergency. Uh, and, uh, and B, that number, 0161 856 is the number to call if you're concerned about anybody who may have been in the area. There are a number of retweets which are coming through from people saying, if you've heard from this person here, uh, the website of the O2 Arena, where she's due to play later this week, says, along with everybody else, we are shocked and saddened by the terrible tragedy in Manchester. Thoughts and prayers are with those affected and their families. Ariana's due to perform at the O2 on Thursday and Friday, and they say they will advise you as soon as they can to the status of those shows. Um, so at the moment, as I say, I don't know. You'll have to, uh, you'll have to wait and see because they will be issuing something and, uh, it'll, I mean, I don't personally, I don't know how you can go on stage and do that after something like that's happened. But on the other hand, they don't want to disappoint the thousands and thousands of people who probably booked tickets. And the one thing we don't do is kowtow to anybody who perpetrates crimes such as, uh, such as this. 
the ambulance service say 59 people. It's stayed this number throughout the whole of the programme this morning. 19 people killed in Manchester. The six hospitals uh, across Greater Manchester are looking after people. They haven't issued any statements on any of the uh, injuries that they've sustained. So we don't know if it's a nail bomb. We don't know what sort of uh, explosive device it was. We're still waiting to get confirmation on that. There are more questions than we have answers for this morning. But... uh, Hopefully we've we've managed to take you through the wee small hours and just sort of uh, brought you up to speed with everything. <coughs> Excuse me. Everything that has taken place. Wait a minute. And that's uh, and that's all we can do. We can only report on the facts that we know. And as I say, I had so many questions for all of our reporters, and I didn't really get the answers. But I, I suspect the the uh, the police are making sure that they're absolutely thorough, that they've got everything in place, and then. Later on today, they'll be releasing names and uh, and hopefully there'll be an arrest of somebody who perpetrated this crime because I don't believe they were in there. I believe. I mean, I, I really don't uh, really don't believe that. Can we hear very quickly from the uh, from the Home Secretary, who is Amber Rudd? My thoughts and prayers go out to the families, the victims who've been affected. And I know the whole country will share that view. I'd like to pay tribute to the emergency services who've worked throughout the night professionally and effectively. They've done an excellent job. Later on this morning, I will be attending COBRA, chaired by the Prime Minister, to collect more information, to find out more about this particular attack. And I can't comment any more on that at the moment. Home Secretary Amber Rudd on LBC. That's it for this morning. I don't really know what I can finish with, apart from by saying Nick Ferrari hopefully will get answers to all those questions. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download that free LBC app. Britain's Conversation is being led at 10 by James O'Brien, but now with a special edition of The Breakfast Show, and earlier than usual, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.